0: Thank you, worship team. Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, our our verses of study of focus will be Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. But as we've done the last few weeks, I'm going to read Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10 to get the context of the, the passage here, this benchmark passage of the Christian faith. This is God's holy inerrant, authoritative, God-breathed, spoken word to us this morning. And you were dead in, your, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Oh, Father, open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things here in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If someone were to come up to you and and ask you, explain salvation to me, I don't quite understand it, explain salvation to me, or if they came up to you and said, how how do you become a Christian, what would you say? How, How would you explain salvation to someone? What's the approach that you would take? Maybe that's a hard question for you right now. Maybe you need to be asking yourself this question, do you understand salvation? Uh, could you give a, a very basic explanation of what salvation in Christ means? These are some of the biggest questions that you may be ever asked in life. Uh, and, and it's, it's paramount that you know the answer to those questions. The Apostle Peter, in his letter to the believers in 1 Peter 3.15, he exhorts us, he encourages us, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. How do we get prepared to give a defense, to give a reason for the hope that is in us? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Can you you give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ? Can you explain the Christian faith to someone? Do you know the gospel of salvation for yourself? A Christian should know these things. A Christian should be prepared under normal circumstances to give an answer to these things. But I'm afraid that too often we use unbiblical, and thereby sometimes unhelpful terms when we're trying to explain salvation to someone. I know that I've been guilty of this at times. I've struggled at times to explain what it means to have salvation and faith in Christ. And I pray and I hope that we can become more word-centered and Bible-centered in our answers because a lot of times we tend to be man-centered, human-centered in the way we explain these things, in the way that we understand salvation. The focus, according to the Scriptures, the way we explain salvation, is not to be on what man has done. Our salvation is not only what we have done, what I have done. The entire Bible says, no, look at what God has done. Look at what God is doing. It's all about His sovereign grace and His awesome work in our lives. And so if we're to have a correct understanding of salvation, what do we do? Where do we turn? Well, we go to the Scriptures. We go to the words of life. We go to the Bible because the Bible ensures us that we're absolutely biblical in our understanding the way that we explain the Christian faith, the way that we talk about salvation. And I want to propose to you, I want to present to you this morning that Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, is a great place to start. If you've never memorized this passage, and maybe I say that every week, so just memorize the whole book of Ephesians and you'll be fine. But if you had to just pick one place, Memorize Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Talk about it as a family. Talk about its importance in understanding the gospel and salvation. This passage is a benchmark passage of faith in Christ. It has been called by some theologians as the heart of the gospel. Here it is, right here in Ephesians salvation explained. This is the essence of Christianity. When we read these words, these words of life, mankind can only stand solely on what is stated here in verses 8 through 10. This is the foundation of our faith. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is how one becomes a Christian. This is Christianity, salvation, all of those things in a nutshell right here. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. The five solas of the Reformation, the five alones, you may have heard them before. They have long been understood as the pillars of understanding Christianity. It's the essence of what God's sovereign grace means. Maybe you've heard these Latin phrases before, sola scriptura, Sola gratia, sola fide, sola Christus, soli Deo Gloria. These are the five alones, the five solas, sola scriptura, scriptures alone. It's it's the Bible alone that is our rule of faith and practice. It is the scriptures alone that is our understanding of what salvation and Christianity is. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Grace is the source of our salvation. We are saved by grace. Sola fide. It is through faith alone that we receive salvation as a gift. Solus Christus. It is in Christ alone that our hope is found. Not in ourselves, but in Jesus. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be glory. The great work of salvation is for the glory and the awesomeness of God and who he is. And so here they all are for us, here in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. The scriptures clearly explain salvation here. We are saved by grace alone. Through faith alone. In Christ alone. And our salvation is for the glory of God alone. Here is our hope. Here is the meaning of life. Here is our salvation. Here is the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. So Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10 teaches us a biblical understanding of what salvation in the gospel is. And so let's call our attention to these verses and explore this a little deeper. The first thing we're to see here about our salvation in these verses is that salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. Look at what he says there in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, it's not followed by the word Christ, but the entire context, the entire, entire passage is talking about salvation in Christ alone. We're saved by grace. Grace is the, is the free, undeserved favor, love, and mercy of God towards sinners. Grace is the source of our salvation. How are you saved? We're saved by God's sovereign grace. It's grace alone that is God's grounds, that the grounds that we have for our salvation. God's grace teaches us that he could hold us accountable for our sin. He could judge us in his holy wrath, but he doesn't because of his grace. So God's grace changes the way we view God. We no longer see him as a a wrathful God coming to smite us. We see him as as a loving God who comes and saves us by his grace, who showers us with his favor, with his love, with his mercy. So we must understand that to be saved by grace means that there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. Gives it to us by his grace. We are saved by God's sovereign grace. His love, his mercy, it's free it's free. The apostle says it's also we are saved by grace through faith. Salvation is also through faith alone. What is faith? You know, who is faith? Faith in what? Some of you may be singing the George Michael song right now in your mind. You've got to have faith. That's not what we're talking about right here. Does anybody else know that song besides me? Okay, good. I see that hand, brother. <laughs> We're talking about faith in the person. Faith is, is simply trust and belief. Our faith and our trust is in God. Our faith and our trust is in God alone who, who has provided a way for His people to be saved, who has shown us eternal life. Faith is trusting and believing in the promises of God that He gives us, in His Word, that is how Abraham was saved, was he not? He believed God. He trusted in Yahweh God as Savior, as Redeemer, and it says the Bible says His faith was credited to him as righteousness. We have been saved by God's grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done. Our faith is not in our faith. See what I'm saying there? Our faith is not this like, you know, just try hard and trust. Our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is in a person. Our faith is in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is the means by which our salvation is appropriated to us. Faith is the instrument by which grace comes to us. Faith is not the reason God saves us. Faith is not a work. God gives us faith. His Faith is even given to us by grace. Faith is the response of us receiving what has already been accomplished for us in Christ. That's why we sing that hymn, My Lord, I did not choose you, for that could never be. My heart would still refuse you if you had not chosen me. Faith is the response, the work that God is doing in our hearts, in our lives, by his grace. Salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. Christ alone. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He says, whoever believes in me has passed from death to life. The Scriptures teach us: there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved than the name of the Lord Jesus. We have been brought from death to life through the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about that last time. So here it is. Here's the biblical doctrine of salvation. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone someone were to come and to ask you, explain to me salvation. Talk to me about what it means to be a Christian. Maybe you could think about this verse. Let me talk to you about God's grace. Let me tell you about what it means to have faith in Christ alone. But there's more here that the apostle wants us to know about our salvation. In verse 9. And that is that salvation is not by works. We're not saved because we try hard. We're not saved because we're good. We're not saved by anything we do. Salvation is not by works. You cannot earn it. We've already established it is a free gift from God. We cannot be saved by the things that we do. We cannot hope that at the end of our lives that our good works outweigh our bad works. We cannot put our hope there. Our salvation is not 50% God and 50% us and we try to get to 100%. No. Salvation is 100. And I would say 110%, but I know the engineers in the room say, yeah, that's not possible. So 100% complete. It's all of God that we are saved. Not by works. If there's anything we could do, this is why... I want us to be careful to say, I made this decision. I chose Christ. Brothers and sisters, it really doesn't work that way. Because if it was something that we did, if it was partly us, then we could boast. We could say, look how good I am. Look at what I've done. But the Bible says it is not as a result of work so that no one may boast. Where is boasting in our salvation? Where can we boast? We cannot. It is excluded. We can only boast in Jesus Christ, in what he has done, what he has accomplished. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. Salvation is not from us. It is not anything we have done. It is not by works. We did not choose God. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless in his sight, Paul says in Ephesians 1. That is why we sing nothing in our hands that we bring simply to the cross we cling. Salvation is not by works. Why are we talking so much about God's sovereign grace? We do not talk about God's sovereign grace all the time so that we can boast in our theology or boast that we have the correct doctrine and I can arm wrestle you with my mind and get you to submit to my intellect in this. No, that's not why we talk about God's sovereign grace. We talk about God's sovereign grace so that we can marvel and glory in the love and awesomeness of God that he would save a sinner like you and me because he chose you it was his grace that called you it was he that gave you the gift of faith to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ we marvel at this we worship this because it's amazing grace it's awesome but there's a goal here there's a point to all this why have we been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone verse 10 for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them we, we're not Saved by our works, we're saved unto do good works. We're called to do good works. When someone, when someone gives you a gift, when someone gives you something, what, what do you usually do in return? When well, the South, we write a thank you note. For those of you graduating from high school and college, get that hand worked out and those notes ready. We must thank someone for giving us a gift. We can also, too, give thanks to God by the way that we live our lives, the way we live for his glory. You see, God created us. He is the workman. We are his workmanship. We were created for a very purpose, and that is to do good works. Works have always been in God's sovereign plan. He prepared them beforehand, before you were even a thought. God prepared you to do good works for His glory, for us to walk in them. And we do these things not to earn our salvation. We do good works as a response to our salvation. We want to give God's, God glory because of what he has done for us. I need the children in the room to help me with something. I totally forgot this week, this children's catechism. Can somebody help me with this? Why are we to glorify God? Can anybody remember that? Because he, because he made me? And he takes care of me. Thank you. Oh, I forgot for a minute. Thank you. <laughs> We glorify God because he, he made you. He made us. And he takes care of us. We were created for this. Thank you, children, for reminding us. We were created for good works. We were created to give glory to God. Solio, Deo Gloria. Even though our works do not save us, God created us to do them through Jesus Christ, in service to him. And so our conduct, our lives, doing good things, they should be done because we recognize the grace of God in our lives. We're not trying to earn it. Our works are the fruit of our salvation, not the cause of it. You got that? Our works are the the fruit of our salvation, not the cause of it. And so, yes, I'm here to tell you this morning, we are called to godly behavior. Our salvation does demand that we do good works for the glory of God. So what does this godly behavior look like? It looks like this. It looks like loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Being God's workmanship, living for His glory means honoring the Lord your God with your money, with your time, and with your talents. That you realize that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. God purchased your salvation, and we are to live for His glory. It means that we are to think of others before ourselves. It means that we are to radically reorient our priorities around the things of God's Word. Worship, serving, giving, walking in these things that God has called us to walk in, we're called to do it. We're called to reorient our lives around living for His glory alone. Our salvation is worth it. It is worth giving God all the glory for his grace to us. We don't deserve God's grace. But he provides it freely to us without limits, without conditions. This is what it really means to be a Christian. We are saved by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. We were created for good works, to glorify God. And so the late Martin Lloyd-Jones says, Thank God it is all of grace. If it were not of grace, we would all be hopeless. We would all be undone. We would all be condemned. Thank God for his grace. And that is what this table before us symbolizes. That's what it shows us. It is a means of grace. It nourishes us. It teaches us. It shows us that it is by Christ alone and His grace alone that has saved us. And so, brothers and sisters, let's nourish on that this morning. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. Grace, grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. We praise you and thank you for that. Help us to live for your glory alone. Because our salvation is that awesome. It is that marvelous. It is that wonderful. Praise you and thank you.